Welcome to Mission Uplift. This is Jen, and I am excited for you to join us today in the virtual living room. This week's episode is on uplifting hospitality with Fanchin Kennedy. Fanchin Kennedy is the proprietor of the Arlington, Texas-based custom herbal tea company, Fanchin K's Tea Time. As both a business and pastoral leader who has attained vast experience in working with women's ministry and community-based initiatives, Fanchin is highly regarded for her ability to merge foundational spiritual teachings with focused entrepreneurship. Fanchin's passions are largely driven by a desire to spread God's love through hospitality, teaching the word of God, and inspiring others to achieve higher levels of self-awareness and growth through spiritual-based messaging. Working to expand her thriving enterprise, Fanchin remains committed to serving love, hope, confidence, and inspiration with every move she makes. I enjoyed this conversation with Fanchin, and I trust you will as well. Check out Uplifting Hospitality, and be sure to stick around to the end for an exciting announcement. I am thrilled to be sitting here with Fanchin Kennedy, who is a dear sister in the Lord. She is a, a business owner. She is just a mighty minister of the gospel. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to share her story with you on uplifting hospitalities. Fanchin, thank you for, for joining us today. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, first of all, for having me. I appreciate um, being a guest on your podcast. Um, I have been enjoying your other guests, so I'm excited to be a guest today. Uh, my name is Fanchin Kennedy. I am just love God. I'm a business owner. I own Fancy Cage Tea Time. Tea is something I've always loved. My personal tea time is something I've always loved. And it has led me into the business of helping other people to create their own personal tea time because I believe tea time could be kind of like self-therapy time. And then just also teaching people how to use tea as a way of being kind to others is a tea is perfect for having a conversation inviting somebody in your home and so i got into the tea and hospitality business and i just love god i'm a minister i have a daughter in in her first year of college and god is good so that's amen. a little bit about me yeah amen now it's been a joy to know you these last few years and to see how God has opened doors for you and, and even starting this business. And it's been a joy to, to just kind of witness from afar what God is doing in you and through you. But you didn't wake up one day and just kind of start Fanchin K's Tea Time. There were a number of stepping stones. A big stepping stone is us for even to identify what our gifts are. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we don't have that, that awareness, we'll step out to do things that maybe we aren't created to it. We aren't gifted to do. Sometimes it feels natural, but we right. don't realize it's a gift. And so that kind of was your, your story in, in learning that you even had the gift of hospitality. And how did that even come about at, throughout the course of your life? Um, I think I've just always been, and it, it may have come about really because of my lack of receiving care and kindness. And I just, always been a person that sought to bring care and kindness to other people. 
Um, I just even remember my mom was a minister and I remember she would be at church and I would get a ride home early just so I can go home and clean her room and pull her back her bed because I wanted her to be comfortable when she got home. I wanted her to feel what she was giving out to others. I've always loved entertainment. When when my mother, when I was a part of my mom's church and we would have guest speakers come, one of my, my favorite things to do was to make sure they were comfortable. And I would go beyond, you know, go up and beyond. Did not realize that that was an actual gift. I, I don't even think I realized I had that gift until I started Fancy Case Tea Time. And then I began to realize, wait a minute, this is an actual gift. And I have the gift of hospitality. And, and it was in doing my business that I really embraced that gift and realized that my I have been living my purpose all along. Like it just, it was just such a natural part of me. I didn't, and sometimes we think we have to seek those things and I didn't have to seek it. It was just a part of who I was. And it took God really to say, hey, it is time to, he showed me the vision for Fancy Case Tea Time. And he showed me, me and people, home, people homes all over the world and what Fancy Case Tea Time would do and how it would help people and, you know, bring that spirit of hospitality back into people homes and into people's lives. That's, that's kind of how, you know, it got started. And that's how I kind of recognized that this is a gift and that I can actually use my gift to turn it into a business, but also into a ministry. Because to me, my business is ministry. Right. I think that when we are doing something that comes natural, sometimes we don't realize that it, not everybody does that. Right, right. I, I know there's been areas in my life, well, don't you think like that? Don't you do this? And then when coming to that realization that, oh, wow, God has gifted me to do this thing. And not everyone has this gift. And it gives a sense of joy, a sense of even responsibility to answer that call. And I love that you see your business as ministry. Yes. Because I think sometimes it can be easy to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. and look at, well, this is my business, and I do this over here, and ministry is looked at sometimes in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. And if there's ever been a time when traditional has been turned upside down, it is the year of 2020. And, oh, and <laughs> you know, I, I mean, everything, the way that we used to do things mm -hmm. has now been completely, is continually being revamped and finding creative ways it's interesting too, so how so, so many people may not see hospitality as a gift, even because in the world, it's like, well, hotel and hospitality business and, and not realizing, no, this is a gift. Like you said, the spirit of hospitality. And there's a, there's a difference between going to someone's home mm -hmm. and being a, served a delicious meal and things may look nice, mm -hmm. but not feeling welcomed. Exactly. Not feeling seen. Whereas you can spend time with a person, maybe not even be in their home, but just in their presence. Exactly. And because of the gift of hospitality, they feel seen. They feel loved. Exactly. I, I, I have been to several homes and I, I was always like taken back when I came into people's homes and they didn't even offer me water. And I didn't, I stopped being offended by that because I started start realizing that people weren't doing this out of 
you know, spite or being rude that people, they just didn't know. They, people just don't know. And one of my goals with Fancy Case Tea Time and just my life period is to try to help other people, teach other people how to be kind, how to be generous. Mm -hmm. The, but hospitality is like super important. It can be, especially as a believer, because it can be the deciding factor between bringing somebody into the kingdom and repelling them from the kingdom. So I think you, how can we, I think every believer in some way need to embrace hospitality, even if it's not your gift, just having steps. But I think every believer and just people, period, we need to know. And because it's not a gift for some people, sometimes you have to be, you have to consciously say, hey, you know, these are the steps I need to take to make sure people feel welcome. Because sometimes you're being rude or, and, and it's not that you're trying to be rude, it's just you don't know. You don't know to offer people water. Maybe you didn't grow up in the home where people were offered water. So um, let, let us teach you, let us come in who have the gift of hospitality and we teach you how to do that. And it, it can make the difference. You'll be surprised at the people who are, that come around you who are hurting and they have a facade up. And just a moment of saying, how are you doing today? Well, sit, have a cup of tea with me, breaks the facade and it is opportunity to pour into somebody and help somebody walk through a, a um, terrible time, as opposed to just kind of not really even looking at them. It's amazing how we can be around people and never look them in the eye, never really truly see them. To be seen is, it can be life-changing. Even like you said, it could be the difference of someone coming into the kingdom or not. First it, could step. Be, it could be the, the reason why someone may choose not to come back to a church yes. or to come back to uh, a, a group or, or even, a, even a business, you know, um, because I think sometimes, you know, at, in the business world, there is a level of customer service. So even if it's like, well, I have to do this to keep my job, at least it's like, let me do this with excellence. And, yeah. and if the world does that, then all the more we should in the kingdom. And there are people who may have the gift of intercession, but every believer is called to pray. Yeah. So, so just because we don't have the gift of intercession necessarily, that doesn't say, well, that's not my gift. I'm not going to do that. And right. similarly, scripture tells us to practice hospitality. Yes. And, and I love yes. how in the, the Christian standard Bible, the version in Romans 12, 13, it says pursue hospitality. And mm -hmm. I even love how that's phrased because it's something that we should be intentional and thinking about. Mm -hmm. and, and, and even in our exchange with people, because it's not even about necessarily someone coming over for dinner. It's someone feeling welcomed. Right, right. And I think number, to kind of go back to being noticed, the first thing when you go into Genesis 18 and Abraham, um, and, if, and I think this is the perfect chapter and example for hospitality. The first thing it says he did is he noticed them. So a lot of times we, you, you could get in the motion of being like, have you ever been to a restaurant and you could tell they just in the motion, 
but then you go to they just in emotion how you doing today welcome come and sit down da, 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 da. and then you go to a different restaurant and they just take their time just to acknowledge you and almost make you feel like you're special you know how you have 10 people but you make each one of them feel seen and i think sometime as a believer we get into our robot state of what we know we're supposed to do and we're not really looking at people we're not really noticing people and if we take that moment to let the spirit of god help us to notice people i think that first step will help us to break through to whatever that person needs because and I think the noticing part is big to me because most of my life I felt unnoticed. I grew up in the house. I was uh, the oldest girl, two older brother, two younger brother, and finally a younger sister. And I always felt unnoticed. You know, my brothers were super talented. I didn't really have a lot of the, the musical talents they have. Always going unnoticed. And I think, and it's so funny how my gift and even came out of my pain yes so i am always big on noticing people i'm always big on looking people in their eyes um, i had a friend come by that i hadn't talked to in a while he just uh texted me yesterday said can i come by and i'm like yes and so he came by and just to see him see him pour and and cry and talk about you know his how he's you know what he's going through with trying to get to know the lord and he said i just know every time i've ever been around you i've just always felt your heart and different things and i'm not saying that to pin flowers on myself but i'm saying that because i because i've been unnoticed i do my best to notice people and not notice what they should be or shouldn't be but notice them in an unjudgmental way to notice them jesus said i didn't come to condemn you a lot of time i think we're too busy trying to change people till we don't really notice them but to look at a person and to notice them for who they are and what they are and not in a way of come let me change you come let me convert you but just allow them a space to be whatever they are it's kind of like when christ said when god said to us come as you are well we ought to let people come as you are and then they'll make the decisions to change right. because we have allowed them to be what they are in the moment we've noticed them it's the first step in hospitality and, and it's amazing, too, how many people have never experienced love mm -hmm. even in the, the earthly sense. Right. And then to experience love, which is the Holy Spirit through a person, it stands out. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's set apart in such a way. And the Lord didn't choose to love us after we got our act together. Mm -mm. No. He loved the whole world with yep. all of us and our messes. Yep. He didn't wait for us to get our lives together to extend. Well, we yes, sinners. Exactly. Died for us. He died for us. How many of us can die for our fellow brothers and sisters while they're sinners? Right. Can we allow them? Can I open my door to a sinner and love them just as I would love another believer? And that's what would change them. 
because I think we're too busy trying to change people. That's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit job. Our job is to have that gift for hospitality, open arms, bring them in so that they can even be in the atmosphere where the Holy Spirit in us can minister to them. Yes. But we first have to create a place that people want to come. If people don't want to come, they, they, if I don't want to come around you, or I don't want to come where you are, then how, how, can I, how can the Holy Spirit in me be translated to you? And what makes people come? Hospitality, warmth, knowing that I'm not going to be judged, knowing that this is a safe place, that I can walk in this house, I can walk in this church, I can be around these people and not be required to be something that I'm not. I could be me, my messed up self, because unless I can, unless they have a place where they can first be what they are, they can't change into what God wants them to be. If they're always hiding what they are, they can't get healed, they can't, they can't um, repent because they're in a hiding state. But if we allow the space for people to be exactly what they are, then this, and, and, God, and we love on them, then it opens the door for the spirit of God to do a work inside of them. Yes. Hospitality isn't for the people who have gotten themselves all together, you know, mm -hmm. like for the, for the guest speaker who is coming to preach and we're, and we're serving them, you know, out, out of, out of our heart, it's genuine, but it's amazing how much in scripture when hospitality is referenced and spoken about, it's about the poor, the widow, the marginalized, the yeah. foreigner. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes those who people wouldn't necessarily be quick to invite them into their home. Right. But if we are hospitable, and that's who we are, even our coming to them is a demonstration of hospitality, which just opens the doors mm -hmm. for, for God to do so much. Mm -hmm. There's a book called The Hospitable Leader by Pastor Terry Smith, and it's actually by my friend's pastor in New, New Jersey. And he wrote this in, in the book. It says, hospitality provided a pathway for Jesus to move his mission forward and to offer the people more than they had ever dreamed of. Hospitality creates environments for people and dreams to flourish. Mm, awesome. I, I agree 100%. Um, there's, there's a, um, I need to read that book. There's another book that I've re read. This is not a Christian book, but um, it's a book on hospitality where it says nothing else is as important as how one is made to feel in any business transaction. Now they talk about business, but period. How we make people feel says a lot. Sometimes that has that has to be a conscious effort. Yes. Some it may come easy, but then there are times you have to make a conscious effort. Um especially those people that you know God is sending you to and, and you just just can't relate to them, you know. But how about, I'm just going to make them feel comfortable who, as they are. Whoever you are, whatever you are, just come on. It's okay. How you doing? You're welcome. Right. And, and to make people feel as though it is my. So that moment, put it this way, that moment when the person walks to your door, let's say I'm having a guest at my home. 
that moment that person walks through the door, when they getting out their car or walking up the street, automatically there's some anxiousness because you just don't know how you're going to be met. It is not on the person coming to set the environment. It is on the person receiving. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down three things. It's the hospitality is, is in the receiving of people. It's in the transaction that when we're in the midst of you, and it's in the departure. So from the moment you come in, it's how I receive you. It's how I treat you when you're with me. And it's how I leave you. You leave me. And I have to make sure in all three of those things, I am putting forth the love of God. I am uh, doing my best to serve you in, in any way that I possibly can so that every experience that from the moment you're with me, and if you read in, in, in Genesis when Abraham entertained the, the, the strangers, they were they came, he noticed them, he met them, he welcomed them, he gave them water for their feet, he fed them the whole time. Everything he did with them, all the way to the departure, everything was about making sure that what they felt from him, they felt the honor, they felt the reception. Everybody should feel like, I know we want to make, if our pastor comes to our home, then, ooh, what about the homeless person or what about um when you in a grocery store and and that cashier who's not nice you know what i'm saying so we want to we tend to want to honor people who we feel are worthy of honor but i dare to say the holy spirit challenges us to honor all people to even honor those people who don't make us feel like we want to honor them you know and just to be in that to always be in that place that Upon receiving you, I am in, I am here to make you feel welcome and kind. Whatever our transaction is, whatever time we this space we have together, whether it's five minutes, two minutes, one minute, thirty seconds, that you feel noticed, that you feel welcome, that you feel comfortable, and upon my departure, that you that I bless you mm-hmm. upon the leaving. And if we could keep that in mind, that. Anytime we're in that space, and it's something even I had to learn that when I'm having a not so good day or things are not going well with me, to make sure that I am still creating, whether it's a stranger on the street or the people in my home, to try to continue to, and this is, this is not something I can say I conquer, but I'm working on it to always, even when life is not going the right way, because we tend to have a bad day and then everybody get the bad us. And so God can't even use you. This may be the one, there may be somebody you're encountering in the store who is going through, who's thinking about giving up their life. And so the enemy got you all flustered today. So God, the Holy Spirit in you can't even use you to minister to them or be give them that little spark of hope that they need because we're so caught up in what's happening to us. And so we have to make a conscious decision that when we're getting ready to go out into the world or we're getting ready to interact with people, when we get ready to interact with the people in our home, outside of our homes, to put off what's wrong with us. To say, you know what, God, I'm upset today, I'm frustrated. 
I am aggravated, but you know what? I give you this so that I could be a vessel that you can use because I'm going to be okay. But there's somebody out there that don't know how to pray. There's somebody out there that don't know how to um, um, open up their Bible. There's somebody out there that don't know how to fight against the enemy. So I'm going to take off what's bothering me so that I can be that, that, that hope and that really believe it or not and that happened to me yesterday i was just having such a horrible day and like out of all the days you want to come visit me it's like oh my god not today i even tried to talk him out of coming and everything and it was just like well i don't care so i'm not really having the best day you sure you want to come today yep i don't care and when he got here and and um to begin to talk and god used me to minister to him and everything and i began to realize that I began to see something. I saw something after he left. I thought about it. I said, Lord, you know, the enemy had me all flustered, but but he had me all flustered and he wanted me to reject this person coming into my home because you you needed what was in me to minister to him. But I had to take that moment to say, away with what I'm going through, Put that in God's hand and let the spirit in me rise up and minister to him. And I think that's the challenge with hospitality and kindness in the body of Christ is that we're yet, though we're trying to be kind to other people, sometimes we're carrying our own loads and we need to learn how to take off our loads so that even while we're carrying our loads, we can still be a light to others. We can still show the love of God to others. The Holy Spirit still can bring hope to others. And believe it or not, for me, that's part of the fight. I feel like now, okay, you you made me upset today, enemy. Let me go find somebody to be nice to. Let me go make somebody day. Let me go make somebody smile. Let me go find somebody to give some hope to. I feel like that's part of the battle of fighting what's coming against us is when he wants you to be angry and frustrated and everything still being full of love and hope and joy and passing that on to others. It's powerful because in those moments when we, we know it's not in us in the natural, we know that it's the Lord and it's his love Mm -hmm. that's flowing through us. And we're, we're vessels. Yes. Vessels that are in those moments have opportunities to display the love of Jesus that, we may not have that moment again. Right, right, right. exactly. I, I think people think hospitality and think it's checking something off a list, it's cooking a nice dinner, it's offering a nice meal, and it's it's just being available, being welcoming, being loving, having empathy. Exactly, exactly. And knowing and noticing the person to know what they need in a moment. I didn't have to, but I had a friend come the week before we had tea. My, this guy came and we didn't have tea. I sent him home with tea because I felt like he was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And I felt like this, tea, I, I, have, I have some sweet dreams tea. So I felt like take, just drink this when you feel it anxious. It's gonna help you to calm down. It's gonna help you to rest. But I never had tea with him because that's not what he needed. That wasn't the hospitality he needed from me. And I'm a tea person. And I was ready to have tea with him because that's what I do, but that's not what he needed. So hospitality is also not just giving people what you think they need, or like you say, this checklist It's about noticing them. And they don't need tea. They, they not needing tea for me right now. They just needed me to sit here and listen and be 
listen to the Holy Spirit to say what to say to them. Some friends come like, oh, I'm going to make iced tea for you. Because you know what? We're going to laugh today. You need a good laugh. Let's laugh. But you know, but so it's not a cookie cutter. It's about what do they need. How can I help them? Yeah. How do I make them comfortable? What do they want? Um, my, 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 like I said, my friend came the other week. I pulled out the table, did everything. He came. We just sat. He sat on the couch. I sat in my chair. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, that was it. Um, because it's about truly noticing people and being open. When you look people in their eyes and you ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, give me discernment. He'll let you see beyond. Sometimes people hide the pain. Sometimes people hide what's going on. Um, sometimes people, they hide. But the spirit of God will give you discernment. And I believe that's something that comes along with hospitality. Because if, if I'm being hospitable to you, then I'm, I'm, I'm serving you. And I can't serve you what I want. Just what I want. I have to serve you what you really need in that moment. So I think with the gift of hospitality comes discernment that, oh, okay, you're not needing this from me right now. And I think sometimes we as believers, we could get so cookie cutter that we don't allow the Holy Spirit to take us a whole nother way. And I think Jesus is the perfect example because the, he, ne- he set no pattern for healing. Right. That no, like he had, like Jesus destroyed patterns. Like he had no set patterns for doing anything. And because in each situation, everything was different. Everything was handled different. You see what I'm saying? And so I think that's the gift of hospitality, knowing um, like even when you go to a church to speak, they send you out the form. They want to know what do you like? We have water that we drink, but what water do you like? What do you like to eat? Is there something you can't eat? So hospitality doesn't become about what I have to offer. Hospitality becomes for how can I meet your need? How can I meet you at the point of your need? And isn't that what Christ does for us? He meets us at the point of his, our need. And we are to meet each other at the point of their need. If you know, we have the capacity to, to meet each other at the point of their need. And sometimes the need is just sitting with a person and weeping. Maybe not even saying anything. But, but you know what? We're just going to sit here today and we're just going to cry. I have nothing else to say. You just need a weeping partner. You just need somebody to laugh with today. Let's laugh. That's hospitality. Yes. Knowing how to be kind and generous and love other people to come out of yourself. Even with people angry in our world, we got so much tension going on. Even with people are angry about things that you don't understand, just give it a moment. How about taking back what you think is right and what you, the way you think it ought to be. And just allowing people, validating, sometimes validating people's anger or validating, and I'm not saying like, destructive anger i'm not saying that but like validating what people feel and stop telling people what they should feel right you do more by validating say you know what you're hurting and that's okay that you're hurting you're angry and that's okay that you're angry 
and try to understand. And then that way, that opens a door to even help bring them out of the anger, to bring them into a place of healing. Because first you have allowed them to be what they are, even if it's totally wrong. And, you, yeah. and we can't heal if we're not feeling that. Yes. Yeah. Being acknowledged. I think acknowledgement is so much a part of hospitality, acknowledging someone's presence, someone's feelings, someone's yeah. dignity, yeah. someone's experience. Mm -hmm. And it's not about whether we agree with it or not. And the difference between being hospitable in nice dishes, nice presents versus being spirit led. Yes. It, it changes lives. Um, I, years ago, I did two weddings. I used to be a wedding coordinator. I did two weddings. I love weddings. I love love. And um, I did two weddings. And that was this one wedding where they had um, like $15,000, I think, budget. And that was big for in the 90s. And so they, we planned a wedding at this beautiful uh, place with this garden and everything. And it was nice. It was it was everything that it seemed like an awesome wedding would be. Then I had this couple who had five thousand dollars, and we had to create this wedding. Our church is on the west side of Chicago. If you know anything about the west side of Chicago, it's the hood. So, and our church was actually a building, three four building, because we had a transformational center on the third floor. So we just kind of took this building and converted it into a church. But it wasn't a place necessarily that you would want to have your wedding. But that's why they had to have it at, because they only had a budget of $5,000. And these weddings were one month apart. And I did both weddings. Um, the first wedding, I just kind of like did what she wanted. Like she didn't really want a lot of my ideas with everything, but it was good. It was good. It was nice. It was pretty, but it was empty. It was mm. empty. Came to the second wedding. Everybody talked about the wedding. Just talked about it. Talked about this five thousand dollar wedding, where we had paper plates to eat out of, off of, and. The first bride came to me. She said, I spent all that money. She said, and this is amazing. So this wedding, and I'm so, and I said, the only difference is this wedding set an environment and atmosphere that allowed people to be infused with love. You set your environment with flowers and place, but you didn't create an atmosphere. And to this day, when, when, when it's a whole group of us, when we all get together, we don't talk about the fancy wedding. We talk about the $5,000 wedding. That's the difference in hospitality and just doing something out of, this is right to do. It's yes. about setting an environment. Yeah. And you could do that. You don't have to, you, I, I, I set an environment when I send out my tea packaging. I set an environment, I try to set an environment through my social media. I try to set an environment through when I'm speaking. You don't have to even be present to set an environment. People feel it, they can feel it from you when you write in everything you do, you set that environment. Whatever God have called you to do, it starts with hospitality. Yes. Yeah. Now you've, you've been so gifted and you've had these experiences where you personally were serving others and whether mm -hmm. it's a friend coming over whether it's serving at your church 
and then the Lord opened a door for you to now have this business yeah. where hospitality is key. And part of your heart in that is being able to, to show others how to do the same. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be and how now not only do you have this gift of hospitality, which is so uplifting, but you're now uplifting the importance and emphasizing the importance of hospitality through your business and ministry. It came through the tea company, really. I just started when, when God, what happened was in 2017, I lost my job. And so I went in and I went to pray and say, okay, God, because I feel like God had given me the job, but that season was over. So I went to God and said, what's next? And he showed me Fancy K Tea Time. And so as I'm putting um, my very first event together, which was a tea party, and it was really, it was my launch and it was really great. And the people start saying back to me what I wanted them to feel like. Uh, one lady said to me, I don't know how you did it, but you made us feel like queens and kings and you made us feel so special. And so I started, it made me start asking myself a question and I started really doing a self-examination. And I know in, in, in God, we talk a lot about dying to self, but you also have to discover yourself. And so it made me begin to it be, put, put these pieces of my life together and I began to realize that, wait a minute, I just always loved doing this, but this, this is who I am. This is what I'm called to do. And this is what I have to give to the world. Because I started asking the questions. I was in a uncomfortable place. A lot of us don't like that. But it's in those uncomfortable places where you start asking questions and you're trying to put the puzzle together. And so any information coming in is answered. So as these people begin to respond to my tea party, these aren't people that I grew up with. These aren't people from my mom's church. So these aren't people praising me for points. So when I did it in my mom's church, I would hear the same thing, but I was the pastor's daughter. Of course, you know, I didn't know. But these were strangers, some I've never met, people that have never even seen me in that element. And to hear them say back to me and echo to me what I was trying to give out, and then to begin to connect that with how, the things I did all during the years, it was just like a light bulb went off that this is what I have to offer the world. When I lost my job at the church here in Texas, I have had very few secular jobs and none of my secular jobs have probably lasted more than a couple of months. So every job, everything I ever, my, my longest holding job was for my mom's church. And then I came right from that church to this church to two more years. And the question God asked me outside of that is, who are you now that you're not working for the church? What, what can you offer the world? It was, it was like I was going through an identity crisis because now I was no longer serving in the church. Hmm. This, because, and I thought that that's where my gifts were supposed to shine the most. Like, if I can't use it in the house of God, 
then you know I don't really what God was messing with my philosophy my um theology should I say and he was like what do you have to offer the world and he broke my I this identity of my identity being married to what I did in the four walls to show me that I used the four walls to build you up, to go out into the world, to make a difference, because that's where the people really need you. What do you have to offer the world? So this began this journey of putting these puzzles and pieces together. And so after that tea party, I, it just was like a light bulb. I saw the puzzle come together. I saw what gifts and talents that I had to offer the world. I saw that my desire to serve and be a servant leader was more than just a desire to serve. It was really part of my purpose and calling and who I am. That is powerful. And I can so relate to being a pastor's daughter. Yes. Yeah. Having worked on staff at several churches mm -hmm. and then now not being in those kind of roles thinking, okay, now, now what? It's easy for us to place our identity in what we do or who we're working for or who we're related to rather than in Christ. And then when we have this revelation okay, of who we are in Christ, it's like, that's when I feel like the purpose begins to get clearer mm -hmm. and our, and, and sometimes it takes those seasons of brokenness. Yes. Yes. You talk about your brokenness as a young person and, and mm -hmm. not feeling seen and, and your brokenness in, in, and even serving in a role that out of faithfulness and loyalty, mm -hmm. which wasn't a, a, a bad thing, Oh. but it maybe wasn't the best setup for you. And it wasn't my gifting. I, they had me on books. I was keeping books. I hate it. And I would tell my mom all the time, like, I don't like doing this. She's like, oh, well, we need you. But because I did have a servant's heart, I served while I was needed. But, I, but because there was such a need for me to fit where I wasn't gifted, I stayed there. So, so the other things I did, that I love to do, they were just, they, it was never my job. So I never even knew to pursue that. I never even knew to go that way. And it took me losing my job to God stripping me down to say, you know what, this is something you like to do. You love tea, do it. To even lead me into what I was really gifted and called to do and how I'm supposed to show up in the world. And we don't like being uncomfortable. But even sometimes, God's love makes us uncomfortable to lead us to what is what we're supposed to be doing. And it's so funny because um, I was a part of a conference and they asked this question, where are you now that you never thought you would be in 10 years? And so many people look at that. Oh my God, I never thought God would be giving me this, you know, or some big thing happened. I never thought I'd be married. I never thought I had this big ministry, this big uh, whatever. And I just laughed and I said, I don't know no of mine go to this happy place or whatever, but I never thought in a million years that I would not be in the office recording books, but that I would actually be have my own tea company and actually be in a place where I can set the course of my life and there's nothing and no one 
And I'm not saying like I'm not submitted or don't have accountability, but what I mean by there's no one telling me this is what you ought to be and trying to squeeze me in a box that was never mine to begin with. Yes. And that's the breakthrough for me. Yeah. That I had to go through losing my mom, all the uncomfortability, um, uprooting from everything I ever had the to, from a ministry that I spent my entire life at, moved to a state where I knew no one, worked for this church for two years, lose their job, all of this for God to say, now what you've always dreamed of, you get to pursue you get to be. I didn't see that doing uncomfortable. I didn't see that do the struggle. I didn't see that through mourning my mom and grieving. I didn't see that when I was leaving everything I knew and coming to a place where I knew no one. I didn't see that when I was working for that company and I love working for them. Why yet despising working for them? Because like, I, why couldn't this be my mom's ministry? Da, da, da. I didn't see all of that, but God was really used all of that really to get me to what I've always desired my whole entire life. And to bring me back to myself is to tear down the voices that had tried to make me into something that I was not. And to make me fall in love again with what I was, what I am and who I am and not who others said I should be. That's powerful. Yeah, it's a beautiful journey. It's beautiful. Painful, but beautiful. <laughs> It's painful. It's short. It really is painful. I think a lot of our opportunities and the joys and the blessings and the breakthroughs have come out of some of the most painful places. And yet, I think we could both agree we wouldn't want to trade what God has shown us as painful as it was. Mm -mm. I wouldn't want to trade what God has shown me and how he's revealed himself to me in a new way, because now we can offer that to people and we're never guaranteed to have a comfortable life, but when we're in Christ, we're always guaranteed that we can be comforted by the spirit. And so our tendency, we're never going to, in the natural, run towards something uncomfortable. And yet sometimes the most beautiful things are birthed out of that. Yes. Yep. Yes. And, um, but it took them asking me that question for me to even put the pieces together. And I just want to encourage maybe, I just feel to do this, any, somebody that maybe listen to this and you just feel like you're, you're stuck with a bunch of pieces that don't seem like they go together and it don't make sense. The, the final piece is coming. And when that final piece is coming and you put, put it in the puzzle, you're going to see that what looked like a bunch of pieces was really something beautiful that God was putting together, a full picture that God was pulling together. And we don't understand, we cry out to him and we say, Lord, I desire this. And it seems like our, our lives go in the opposite direction of what we ask for. And it seems like he's not hearing us. And we seem like we're praying and crying and striving. And he seems like he just keeps getting us further and further and further and further away from everything we thought we desired and wanted. When really all of us bringing you to everything, all the desires that's in your heart. And that's what I saw. What it looked like when I lost my job in 2017, it was like, okay, as if losing my mom wasn't enough, as if, if you take it, as if you asked me to give up the church and everything I had built wasn't enough. Now the one place that I have 
put my hope in. Now you took that away from me. Like, you know, so it just seemed like he just kept pushing me further and further and further and further and further away from what I thought would lead me to what I desired. When really it was leading me to what I desired. A clean slate, start fresh, be the person you wanna be. Use your gifts, use your talents. But it that that's a two that's 2011 to 2020. I'm just seeing that re revelation this year. I'm just seeing God complete that picture this year. Now he may be starting another picture. Well, I'm having a bunch of pieces, but that picture has been completed. I see now why I had to go through all those processes. He had to bring me back to myself and who I was ordained to be on earth. That, that was a, that's a long process, but I held on, I didn't give up and I held on to him. Only thing that's going to stop your process and the only thing that will stop you from fulfilling your purpose and doing what God has called you to do is if you quit. If you don't quit, you'll see that final piece of puzzle and you may look back and say, oh, you did know what you was doing, God. Mm. <laughs> I'm so glad I trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can so relate. I can so relate. It's a, it's a long road. It's a long journey. But when we look back, we see his faithfulness. We see the thread, the things that seem to make no sense, the things that seem to be unrelated. It's like the back of a tapestry, how all the threads are messy and they, they don't look like they're have anything to do with each other. And you flip it over and it's this beautiful display. Right. Picture. Right. right. That we couldn't have done on our own. Right. Because no. all we saw was the threads on the other side and you know, as we, as we're talking and at Mission Uplift, we always close in a time of prayer for the listeners. And even as you talked about, you know, someone who might be discouraged and someone who might be even ready to quit. Mm -hmm. And yet God has a purpose. God, mm -hmm. God loves his children. He's given his children gifts. Everyone has a gift. Yeah. And I'd love for you to pray for that person to to continue to trust and, and to continue to believe, to see everyone's journey is different, but he's with every one of us. And I'd love it if you'd be able to pray for, for that, even if it's that one person listening to be able for God to encourage them in this moment. Okay, Father, we just come before you today, God. We just thank you um, for Jen, who, who's even um, allowed us to be a part of this platform and this amazing platform of what you're doing. Um, I just take a moment to pray for her first, God, that she would continue to obey you, continue to build and continue to do what you called her to do, that you would continue to continue to touch her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, to press through and to do this thing and to birth this vision out because it is so needed in the body of Christ and the way she's even bringing um, believers together to speak truths. Oh God, I thank you for it. God, I pray for those who may be listening or will listen to this uh, podcast. I pray God in the name of Jesus that there's somebody listening who may feel like, you know, I don't measure up or I don't know if my gift is good enough or I don't know where to start or I don't have the confidence that other people have. Let them know, God, that they don't have to have any of that. They only need you. 
So many times the enemy make us feel like we have nothing, but we, but we have you. And how can we have nothing if we have you? Because you made everything from nothing. So if we have you, we have everything. You are the only true creator. Man recreates from what you've created. But you're the creator who makes, who have made everything we see. Everything we see with our eyes started from just the words of your mouth. And so I pray that they will see that what you have spoken over their life will come to pass. No matter how dark it seems, no matter how bad things are going, if you said that they shall prosper, they may be getting ready to be um, evicted, but they shall prosper because your word said it. You say they're going to be a great business person, but their business is getting ready to be bankrupt. But God, your word does not lie. You don't lie, even when things are going in opposite way. Just like Joseph had a dream that he would be a ruler and his life took an opposite path. And for 17 years, he was in the land as a slave and in dungeons. But yet your word of his life still manifested out of the darkness. Let us hold on to know that your word spoken over us will manifest and that this process that we in is just getting us ready, growing us up spiritually, that you're teaching us how to use our weapons on the level that we on so they'll be sharpened and ready for where you're taking us to. I thank you that we are all your children. You don't have favorites. My business doesn't have to look like the next person. My mission doesn't have to look be the same as somebody else. My following on Instagram doesn't have to be what somebody else's is, but that I can stand in who I am. We can stand in who we are and be and give to the world what you have given us to give. Because at the end of the day, God, we do this for the audience of you. We do this so that when we stand before you in the end, and we get to heaven, we can hear you say, well done. But also, so we can tell, show you how we were fruitful and multiplied on the earth. How we took our gifts and honored you. How we took our talents and honored you. This is not about popularity. This is not about being rich. It's ultimately about being a good steward over what you've given us and pleasing you because all of us have an appointed time. And when that appointed time comes, nothing we have done for this earth is going to matter. Only what we've done for you and your kingdom. And I pray that our hearts and our minds will come in alignment with that reason as to why we serve and why we do what we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Fanchon. Thank you for sharing your story, your gift, Mm -hmm. your testimony, and your prayers. And I'm encouraged to see the story this far, knowing that there's so much more that that God has in store Mm -hmm. for you and also the people whose lives that, that you touch and how it will, exactly like you prayed, will multiply. Yeah, multiply. And that's that's the key. 
the key is not measuring how much I have to multiply, but multiplying what I have. And that's all he ever commanded. He never, he said, be fruitful and multiply, making sure we bring it for a fruit and making sure we're multiplying, not counting. And I think that's what we mess up. We count somebody as eight and we look at our four, mm-hmm. but God, he's not, he's not, he's judging us the same. He's saying, multiply what you have. Take your four and make it eight. Then take your eight and make it 16. And, and, and make sure you're multiplying and being fruitful. And that's all it requires. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, being a faithful steward. That's yeah. and As unto him. Yes. As unto him. Yes. Well, Fanchon, how can our listeners connect with you, your website or on social media, or even be able to be connected to your business? Yes, is uh if you just put in Fanchon K F A N C H I O N K, automatically I'm gonna come up and my tea gonna, company gonna come up because it's such a unique name. There's only one other person I know named Fanchon, and that's the lady I'm named after. So it's Fanchon K and Fanchon K Tea Time, and then um, my website is the same thing, FanchonKTeaTime.com. Look, you can go to Google and put in Fanchon and it's going to come up, you know? So I am that unique where you could just put my name in and everything about me shows up. So it's Fanchon, Fanchon K, Fanchon K Tea Time. I would love to connect with you. I would love to uh, serve you some tea. And um, we got some exciting things coming up at Fanchon K Tea Time. So I hope to continue to connect with everybody and continue to share my gift of hospitality with the world. Amen. And you don't have to be in Texas to connect no. with her business. No, not she at all. has she has uh, tea that she ships out. You can order through her website. So definitely journals, check it out. That's tea, right. Tea flexion journals to also that help you have your tea time and help you. It's, um, my first one is called Sip, Love, Hope, and Heal. So by the time the podcast is out, it'll be available. Yes. Yes. Check it out. Send her a word of encouragement, a word of thanks. Buy some tea. And I know that as people continue to connect with your business, your ministry, they will definitely be encouraged. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. I really thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a real joy. I am grateful for the truth and wisdom that Fanchon was so gracious to share with us. Hospitality is not limited to a particular kind of business or ministry. The Bible tells us all to practice or to pursue hospitality. And Fanchon is an amazing example of using hospitality to bless others and to glorify God through business and ministry and relationships and in her everyday interactions. I encourage you to connect with Fanchon and follow her on social media. She has live streams and a number of local events. And no matter where you're listening from, be sure to check out Fanchon K's Tea Time. You'll find wonderful tea collections and journals which make great Christmas gifts. If you were blessed by Fanchon's words today, please send her a message and a word of encouragement. Let's continue to uplift the uplifters. I've been sharing over the past few weeks that we have an announcement coming soon. And here it is. In just a few weeks, Mission Uplift will have a very special series called Uplifting Advent. And it will be live on YouTube on Monday evenings in Advent with some wonderful friends. Uplifting Advent is a four-week series on November 30th, December 7th, December 14th, and December 21st. 
Some more detailed information will be shared later this week on social media, but I wanted the podcast family to know as soon as possible. So please save the date and spread the word. You're all invited. If you haven't already done so, follow Mission Uplift on social media, subscribe to the podcast, share a review. And if you're interested in some behind the scenes stuff that will take place next year, check out Mission Uplift on Patreon. Thanks again for stopping by. Until next time.